All right, we're right into it. Welcome back to HCS Weekly. I'm your host, Shy Way. Good to be back, guys. I know it's a Thursday. It's not a Tuesday. What happened, guys? I was sick Tuesday. I'm not 100% today, but the show's just got to go on. We got lots of stuff to talk about. And to start things off, there are a couple interesting news pieces in the world of Halo, a couple things I want to talk about. And one thing I will say is that the news side of the show is going to receive an upgrade very soon. So stay tuned to that. We will be covering more comprehensive news on HCS Weekly. I mean, we're the weekly Halo show we got to cover more news on the channel. But let's start with this awesome new addition to, uh, I guess, Halo Experiences is this new Halo Outpost Discovery. And Tony, he's not here today. I got Nick filling in instead. Nick, feel free to play that trailer for us. Hopefully the audio went through on your end, guys. I didn't quite hear it, but it does look pretty damn awesome regardless. And I'm sure you've already seen it somewhere online as well. It's been posted all throughout Twitter. Really cool experience. Really great way to, I guess, kind of bring Halo to the forefront of our minds. Of course, we all know that Halo recently hasn't been quite as popular as we'd like it to be. And it was once a massive franchise and there's a whole universe associated. So it's nice to see an event like this or a showcase, I guess, where people can go around and start to learn more about Halo in a broader capacity as well. And there are a couple of things you might want to look forward to. I'm going to read off some of these experiences. Nick, you can throw me over the website just on the page here. And I'll, I'll talk through these. we got the Hall of History, the Ring Experience, Covenant Escape, Combat Deck. This one's actually my favorite one. It's experience the rush of playing Halo in quote-unquote real life with this Halo-themed laser tag combat deck. So laser tag is pretty dope. That was part of, a big part of my childhood. So nice to see that in like a Halo theme. That'd be pretty awesome. We've got Training Grounds, VR experiences as well. Pelican Training, UNSC, Kiosk, Target Range, Mega Constructs, Post Exchange, and Marketplace. So really great way to experience Halo in, in a different kind of capacity and get more people thinking about Halo. The only unfortunate thing about it is I'm 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 currently living in Toronto and it doesn't come to Toronto. So if you guys are in Canada, unfortunately you're out of, like, out of luck. It looks like it's only in Orlando, Philadelphia, Chicago, Houston, Anaheim for now. So if you're in any of those locations, stay tuned. You guys got some awesome experiences coming up. If not, hopefully they hit us eventually. And one other thing as far as news goes, and we will be touching on this more a little bit later, but I'm sure you guys know about the recent roster switch that's happened with Tox and with GMS. Tox has bumped Eco or yeah, Tox has bumped Eco off the roster, replaced him with Royal 2, and then in the process Eco has been pushed on to GMS, replacing Zerka, and Zerka has been left without a team. And I'm going to bring on somebody that we can talk to about this whole issue somebody who's very knowledgeable knowledgeable and competitive halo both as a competitor as a coach and now the leader the director of operations for denial i'd like to welcome hoaxer emmanuel lovejoy to the stream how's it going hey, what's man? going on man it's going not it's definitely going 
It's going. I'm sure you're busy. You were saying you do have the benefit of working from home now, right? So is everything oh, a yes. little bit easier in that regard or how's that been for you? Um, it does, it does make it easier. Um, but even so it's, you know, it's all about adapting and, uh, you know, so it makes it easy in the sense of accessibility to being able to work, but also right. I run into the issues of, you know, working too much to the point where, you know, I got to focus on, you know, me after a certain point. Oh, man. So that's kind of like an obstacle to get around. Right. That's awesome. Like, you know. You got to balance that that work life balance right there, but yeah, of course you're doing something in the industry that you know in esports is something that you love, so that's always great. But yeah, you know, being overworked can be way too much. But your experience with Halo goes all the way back, like I think it was 2009 that you started. We'll talk about that as well. But just tell mm -hmm. me a bit about that. How did you first get into Halo? This is something I love to do with everybody. Yeah, I and I know yeah. that your brother is involved in, in that as well. So I wonder how that kind of came mm -hmm. into play. So tell me about that. Whew, yeah, I mean, it started from the very first Halo, you know, combat evolved and, uh, you know, didn't have original Xbox starting out. So we went over to a friend's house and that's when, you know, we got introduced to the monks, you know, the, 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 monks. You know, the notorious, the pot, you know, the most iconic hum of all time. And just like, oh, my God, this theme song, you know, and this, this <laughs> game, it's just awesome. The campaign. So, you know, that's when we first got introduced to it. And then, you know, we... Uh, got introduced to the multiplayer and so we were you know obviously noobs and you know we were playing on wizard with all rockets on the map that's how you know that's how we yes. started um and then you know closer to the end of uh, halo ce we got invited to a uh, a local land tournament well of course land uh and it was a huge event i'd never been a part of it it was something like that and, and ironically it was at a right. church and it was like 30 wow. teams and uh, 4v4, and it was an awesome, awesome event. Um, and, you know, we were thinking we were going to come in and, you know, make waves, and we ended up getting absolutely dominated. Absolutely dominated. Oh, you know, barely barely getting any kind of kills, getting spawn killed, all of the, all of the things that, you know, uh, you know, would entail you getting reality checked in Halo 1. So right. that was our, you know, our initiation into, you know, the competitive aspect of Halo. Um, and pretty much after that point, we, you know, I told my brother, I was like, look, we, we can't have this again, not, not locally, not ever. So that's when we really, like, it just unlocked our potential of, you know, com competition for Halo. So you and your brother sound really close, which is awesome too. Is this something that you guys kind of experienced like together? You found out about Halo together and decided to, to kind of jump in. And this is, has there, has there been like a, a rivalry ongoing between the two of you? Uh, tell me a bit about that, like getting, getting into Halo. I'm, I'm sure you wanted to beat each yeah. other, right? Yeah. It's all of those things that you asked, um, you know, the rivalry, like we, you know, we do, we're very close. And so when it had anything to do with Halo, we were doing it together. Um, uh, so you know, we were able to feed off of each other. Um, and at the time, we were in high school, and he was just about to graduate. So he actually went to his first MLG event before I did. So this was Halo 2. Nice. Um, okay. And I didn't go, obviously, you know, until uh, 2009 to my first MLG event, which was Halo 3. So, you know, he got that first, you know, that raw experience before I did. And, you know, I got to sit back and watch and you know he flourished in his you know in his own right became semi-pro right. and uh pro ffa so um but yeah i mean we've been through it together in any you know in all capacities to be honest 
Uh-huh. And, and just one thing going back to that, that first experience with Halo is I love how everybody that I ask about their first experience with Halo, they always have like a, a slightly different thing that they would do, like playing all rockets on like Wizard or like just exploring <laughs> the campaign, like in a Warthog, just like driving around on a massive map. And you realize that it's like, that's the beauty of Halo is like, there's so many ways to experience it. Like the first time playing Halo could be racing. Like you could, it could be like Halo race or like Griff ball or something crazy. So right. I love that there's just so much diversity and like, getting into it and then you start to realize oh damn it's like it's really deep competitive game and and that oh, yeah. becomes your focus but yeah so so you were saying that you know 2009 was the first time you got into a tournament and then what was that tournament and, and how was that experience for you yeah that was uh meadowlands 2009 uh halo 3 and it was a complete absolute culture shock to me uh i was right. the classic noob you know scared you know you know, whatever, and uh, nervous, all of those things. And, but, you know, obviously want to do the best. And um, one of my good friends is one of my teammates, Banana Cognac. Uh, okay. Maybe some of the OGs will know him, but I'm friends with him till this day. I actually need to give him a call. I'll probably give him a call after this interview, actually. Um, nice. But, you know, I had, you know, I had some good friends with me that I teamed with. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting knocked out, losers bracket round four, I believe it was. Uh, but, you know, it was a great experience. And uh, man, it's it's one I'll never forget, and I'm you know I'm happy that I actually, you know that's when I first started because Halo Three is definitely you know near and dear to my heart for sure. Yeah, and, and something that's gone down in history is just the the ultimate pinnacle of, of Halo as well. If you look at the popularity and the tournaments that were happening at that time, it's crazy how it's just mm-hmm. shaped esports today. So hopefully we can get some of that back uh, with Halo one day in the future. But that's the thing is, is uh, you know, even when you're losing, I think that's the beauty of competitive Halo 2. As you said, your first tournament in Halo 1, you guys got slapped. But like that just made you oh, yeah. want to play more. It made you want to compete harder. And then there you go. You know, you go over to, mm-hmm. uh, to Meadowlands in 2009. Um, and then one of the coolest things that I discovered as far as your competitive background goes is your time in FFA as an FFA competitor. One of the biggest things, I mean, we just saw the pre-roll as well, is that Bic Flex 4 FFA championship. That was a cool championship. And uh, and I know it came up on the pre-roll, but I want to share the, a little bit more footage here. Nick, if you got the clip, you can roll that clip just right now. Oh, the torture. Yeah, make sure the audio is playing. I don't know if, it, if both of us are here, but just the, the clip audio. Up by 10 kills right now. Looks as if Hoaxer is going to be able to walk away with this victory. Oh, man. But now, finally, it's time for Hoaxer to get the spotlight. Look at this man. As he is going to take the victory for the pick. Let's go, baby. Hoaxer, the very familiar face, finally clutched the victory and came out on top to earn a spot in the Big Flex 4 Elite. Hi, J-Rab here with Hoaxer, Big Flex 4's free-for-all winner. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I mean, for lack of a better word. Oh, adrenaline still going? Oh, yes. I'm ready. Okay. So we didn't actually have the whole interview, but it, it's a quick interview, awesome. but I'm, you know, we're currently chatting about all this stuff anyway. So I figured we'd jump back, but that looked so awesome just as like, as an overall event. And then the whole experience of like playing in different regions and winning and going to the final one. So tell me a bit about like that event and how it worked and how you kind of, you know, got to that, that final matchup. Uh, just, yeah. Give me a bit of an overview. And all yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, like, man, it's, it's a blur on how I got there. And how I ended up on, you know, main stage. But, you know, all I remember was uh, leading up to that moment, I kept thinking about all of the other, you know, Big Flex 4 finals that I made it to that same year. 
and was just like, okay. my gosh, man, this is my how last shot. Exactly? Like, how, like, how did it start? Like, big flex for it. You can kind of just describe like, um, like a brief layout of like how it went down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like the structure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. So how, so how it works is, um, you basically line up and you get to the, what they call the open stations, uh, in the big flex four station. And basically you have to qualify for the win. You have to, you have to qualify for the winner's table. Um, so you essentially have to get top two and then you move on to the winner's table and that's where they start uh, factoring in your points uh, in your wins. So if you get top two, you stay at the winner's table. And, you know, after you get a certain amount of wins, you get placed on a leaderboard. And at the end of a certain point on Saturday, if you make top 16 on the leaderboards, you make it to the semifinals of the Big Flex right. FFAs. So it's uh, it, it's pretty intense because you're you're constantly checking in, like because you're playing for you know the four v fours in the meantime, but right. you know when you can, you're trying to fit in your you know your, your FFA matches, and so you're taking a look at the leaderboards, like man, who's who's catching up with me? Um, <laughs> oh, or you know I'm I'm good, I'm good, you know I'm good where I'm at, um, and then you check back an hour later, and you're like, oh no, I need to get some more wins in, I need to start playing. So, but then you have to deal with that long line of people that are also, you know, trying right. to, you know, vie for the uh, leaderboards. So, you know, that's that's basically how it works. And, you know, you clinch your, your position after a certain point, and then you actually play on uh, uh, the actual, you know, the settings and whatnot to yeah, qualify for the finals. The final event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you made it. Um, and then that last match was so intense. I mean, it's it's even like the title at MLG is like the greatest Halo match of all time or whatever. But like yeah. the, the end of that game was crazy. It was you like neck and neck with like Flame. What was his, his tag? Flame Flamehead. Flamehead. Yep. Flamehead and then straight thick. And uh, I'm not sure if Flamehead's still around. But then Campy slipped in at Campy. the end. Tell me a bit about that. It's nice to see Campy, man. It's been so long. Yeah, man. Tony Campy, man, I loved a guy, one of my favorite teammates of all time, but also a rival in the same sense. Um, <laughs> he, it, and, you know, the reason why he's my rival is because he was always there in the FFAs with me in the finals. Every time, it was just one of those things. We would just look at each other, you know, we're sitting next to each other. It's just like, ah, here we go again. So, you know, I already know, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, how, you know, low he is on the on the leaderboard, you know, in the kill counts, right. he's going to come back eventually. That's that's literally my mindset every FFA that he's in with me. It's like he's going to come back. It's not a surprise. Oh it's just a surprise yeah. in how he does it. It's honestly right. ridiculous. So Yeah, man's picking up you know. like last second triple kills, double kills, like squeezes in there. Classic. Classic campy. Yeah. Classic. So, but I uh, mean, it's it, it's probably... a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. You probably don't know, but what happened? Do you, you have any idea what happened to Campy? Can we get secret intel, or do you, I don't know how close you are with Campy? Yeah, um, honestly, I have no idea what he's doing these days. I just know that he's alive, um, and it—you know—I don't—I don't think he's playing at all. Uh, right. From what I heard from at DreamHack Atlanta, I was talking to uh, Best Man. And he had told him, he had told me that he had sent him a message on Facebook, I think it was. And Tony told him, you know, hey, I'm alive, you know, I'm doing well. And then, you know, 
that conversation ended really quick. But, you know, that was enough for me to be happy that, you know, he's still alive. I just don't know what he's right. doing. He could be a secret agent for all we know, you know. It's like uh, literally, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's 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 odd. I don't know. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he does come back. It's a little unfortunate. But, yeah, it's, it's really difficult mm -hmm. to figure out what happened to him. He's like, he's the man who just completely disappeared. Because I've been trying to look up on the internet and trying to, you know, figure out, like, in Reddit forums and stuff, if anybody's seen her and they know anything and, and nobody really has any right. information, just hopefully that he's well and, and then he comes back at some point when he's ready. Um, right. But yeah. I mean, just a, a cool experience overall um, with that whole FFA championship. Do you have like a favorite moment in your competitive history? Like as a competitor, would you say the big flex four is up there or is there a different one? Um, that one's definitely up there just because of uh, the pressure and overcoming right. You know the disappointment that i had experienced over and over again of making it to the finals you know the events before and it was just like man when is it going to be me when is it going to be my turn you know to, right. to earn you know the the number one spot in one of these ffas so yeah that was that was a big moment um also you know it's, it's just funny like ffa has always been near and dear to my heart so it's it's one of my biggest you know uh accomplishments and you know making it to the global right. championships and Halo 4 was an extremely big one for me for a lot of reasons. Um, so that one was at PAX Prime. Uh, I forget the year. I think it was 2012 or 13? 13, right, probably. Right. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so that one, getting there and experiencing that was a big thing for me because there was a mix of all of the legends, all of the original pro players, and the nice. up and coming and you know the future the future up and coming pro players um all under one house playing for themselves not playing for anyone else and yeah being able to experience that same pressure with them for you know it was you know 500 you know thousand uh, dollars i believe it was and uh you know that was a pressure that i don't think any of us had ever felt you know you had guys like snakebite you know ogre 2 uh, strong side T squared, all of these guys, yeah. and we're all stressing the hell out trying to make it. You know, just just trying <laughs> to so advance good. to the next round. Yeah, it was it, it right. was just awesome. And then so when we finally got, you know, we made it to the main stage, we didn't see Halo like that before. You know, in a in a theatrical stage like that. And right. so when we finally we we lined up, just like how you know football players do in the you know in the the uh, the terminal, they're just lining up. So we're like you know, shoulder to shoulder, and then we just file through and we see the stage, we're like, oh my God. So it's like to my left, you know, it's Tuger, Pressure. you know, it's strong side on the other end. It's just like, we're all looking at this. We're like, oh my God, this is Halo. Like we're all playing on this. So, you know, that was an awesome experience for me. And uh, I was lucky, definitely lucky to be a part of something like that. Wow, that that is awesome to hear. And I mean, like Halo 4, that's one thing I think that they really did right is just some of those events, like the production value on some of those mm -hmm. events and how mm -hmm. that really kind of set things up for Halo 5, the money that they were putting into Halo esports. It's unfortunate that Halo 4 didn't you know, fare quite as well in the esports side for of sure. things as far as what people for thought sure. of it, but they made some great strides on the esports events. It's great that you could be there with all of those amazing players. And, and FFA, what is it about FFA? It's just, just you fight for yourself, I guess. It must be like so intense yeah. on top of the fact that like, 
like Halo is such a team-based game and you're constantly like trying to mesh with different people and you're swapping through rosters and trying to find the right fit. But then FFA is just, it's all about you and improving and being the best that you can be, right? Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like for me, it's, it's yeah. a kind of pressure that I don't get in 4v4 that is more rewarding in a sense because I know that it's all me. And in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily up to me either. It's all, you know, it's about adapting to the situation, right. you know, the right. the, un, the unfortunate events that occur um, in FFAs and, you know, being able to triumph over it. Uh, that to me is something that uh, is extremely fulfilling. And it's, you know, it's one of those things you just get in it. You don't have to depend on anybody else. You just go and you just make a name yeah. for yourself. And that's, that's always yeah. been the, like the core way of making a name for yourself as far as, you know, I'm concerned. You know what i believe yeah. any player could can do yeah like classically in halo especially like if you wanted to to showcase that you were a great player you started an ffa and, and built up you know your rep and people would recognize you and then you would end up going into teams yeah and in halo 5 unfortunately i don't feel like it quite transitioned that way i think nowadays it's like you kind of want to have like a live stream or something like some way to broadcast your talent in a different way um but yeah ffa didn't quite take that forefront hopefully with future games they can you know we can do something like that as well like again but but yeah ffa right. was always that way to showcase that you are this individually skilled powerhouse and you deserve to be on a big roster 100 so, percent. yeah yeah i so, mean they're they're oh, sorry oh go ahead go ahead no no, no go for no, it I'm i was gonna, just, I'm i was just gonna yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, I was like, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the streams weren't necessarily a big, big thing as far as accessibility for the average gamer. So, you know, these FFAs and going to live events was a huge way to break out as an individual. And, um, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Pistola, who you know started out in FFA. You know, my brother. You know, those are all examples that I think about, and even myself. You know, I just you know, kind of used myself as an example of that. And, that's why I'm a huge advocate for free-for-alls even to this day. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, man, the timing on, on these things is, is super weird. Like the lag time between what I say and then being able right. to hear each other. So I know, yeah, it can be very difficult to manage sometimes. Don't worry. Uh, if I ever interrupt you, I'll always, you know, uh, taper back a bit. All but, good. So all good. following the, uh, the FFA championship, you started to shift your focus from playing over to coaching. And when did this first happen? How did you make this transition? I know your brother is a coach as well. Did that influence things at all? Yeah, that that definitely influenced it. You know, again, goes back to the whole rivalry, you know, anything you could do, I could do better, you know, but it's all, <laughs> you know, it's all coming from a good place. Um, yeah. The first season of Halo 5's, you know, the competitive season for Halo 5 was extremely stressful. Very mm -hmm. stress, uh, stressful in the, in the way that it was structured uh, because there wasn't necessarily any real penalties for dropping a player from week to week in the online qualifiers because it was all points based okay. um so it was it was stressful in the sense of you know you can't go to sleep before the roster lock you know the the morning of you know the online tournament so you know we had to right. deal with those type of elements uh from week to week and there was so much riding on it you know for trying to uh qualify for regionals so you know after that season where you know my team we made it to regionals and then we didn't advance to worlds uh i kind of needed to take a step back from competing and see you know what other things that i have to offer as far as my skill set to where right. i could i could be more of an influence to more people and 
you know, given that my brother was already coaching the Nile uh, esports at the time with nice. uh, with Huke, Devinator, Contra, and uh, I believe it's Booby Doo Boo. Yeah, Booby Doo Boo. Right. And, you know, I saw Great. that, yeah, it was excellent squad. And what he was able to do for that team was an, ex- was an excellent example of what a coach can bring uh, mm-hmm. to a team. And I had no doubts that that was something that I could be you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint. So that's kind of where that started. Um, cause I knew I still had the skill to compete, but at the same time, again, you know, I had to think about it from a bigger, you know, on a bigger perspective. Um, and so right. that's where the coaching role came in for me. Right. And the skill ended up being very important for you as well, right? Cause being skilled at Halo is very important in, in helping you recognize certain things or understanding what other competitor players, players might be going through in those, you know, really intense matches. Like as right. a coach, what would you say was kind of your role as a coach? Like what was, I guess your main, I don't know if I want to say like mantra or like what, what were the main things you wanted to accomplish? <clears throat> right. Um, so it kind of varied from team to team, depending on the personalities right. on the team and the skill sets. Uh, but overall, one of my biggest things was not overcoaching. You know, I didn't want to mm-hmm. overcoach. I wanted to survey the the situation first before I started having a plan of attack for coaching. Um, Interesting. You know, understanding the personalities, their their characteristics, the way they handled stress and you know adversity and troubleshooting when things went wrong or when things went right, still troubleshooting. So those were my first. You know, my, that was my first mindset coming into it. But, you know, as things went on, one of my biggest things was, um, you know, being analytical as far as the little things, how you approach a corner, like checking your corner, you know, not getting averaged in those certain scenarios. Right. Uh, because those could be the, the, the difference makers of snowball effects occurring and, and right. whatnot. And any player can always improve on those situations. Um, so, you know, that was one thing. And then also, too, was focusing specifically on keeping players alive. Um, that's always something that a coach can bring to the table when it comes to, uh, you know, just coaching, you know, really focusing on how a player can stay alive in a very specific scenario. Um, right. I'm, I'm very anal when it comes to that. And, uh, uh, you know, and one player that I could, you know, give an example of that was, uh, you know, Mickwin. High... Right high caliber super skillful player loves to put a lot of damage down and so with that character trait trait there comes a lot of attention that he brings to himself in game so with a lot of attention brings a lot of damage taken with a lot of damage comes a lot of deaths perhaps so you know those those are opportunities to um focus on a player that's like that and keeping them alive because if you're you're able to keep that player alive then that's scary so right. that's just yeah. one, you know, just one of the things that I think about from from team to team. I like that. So you're giving your team this added awareness. Like you talked about checking your corners and understanding how to stay alive and whatnot can be so important and, and recognizing, I guess, the specific roles that your your team players fill and, and how you can push the, the most out of those roles, right? So Mick, when being super aggro, how can he work together with his teammates or, or how can he play in a certain way that allows him to stay alive? And I think one of the things Mick, when talked about was how APG kind of uh, helped him accomplish some of those things well as well. They had like a good kind of... Uh, duo thing going oh, yeah. on as well and, and i mean so you were coaching renegades was that that final team you were coaching in halo 5 that was actually like pretty much a god squad like that was an amazing team it was oh, yes. Neptune, apg and penguin and you guys 
beat Splice in the final event. I think you placed third to end it. Yes. Um, so what was it like coaching that team? Unfortunately, but you guys, yeah, unbelievable talent. It'd be nice to see where they, you know, where they'd be now if they were able to keep, you know, going. But right, right. Um. So so yeah, like the overall experience with that team was was awesome. Well, I love all those guys. Um, yeah. Huge talents in every single one of them. You know, I, I hated to see Austin, you know, take a step back, but, you know, I get it, you know, I get oh, what he's, you know, what yeah. he's doing. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, there wasn't a doubt in my mind at any point in time where we couldn't win an event. It was always first, always first, always first. And, you know, when it came to, you know, the, the DreamHack Atlanta finals, when we played against Splice, there were some things that I wanted to prepare for map specific wise if we ever played against a team, you know, in those latter parts of the tournament. Um, and one of my, one of my specific memories from that event that I'm very proud of the guys for was coming into the event, we went over a starting strat for Empire. Okay. And I like this. Empire Strongholds was a game type that wasn't, it wasn't a game type that was popping up enough in right. the tournament. But, you know, I talked to the guys, I was like, Hey, I have this start. It's very season one meta, but I wanted, I want, I want us to do this strat against any team that we go against on Empire. And in, in my mind, I figured it was going to be Tox at the time. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, Splice, but, you know, they ended up getting it, you know, right. with us. So, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, guys, no one caps home off the start. And I feel like that's something that we should do. So... You know, at first they were like, uh, you know, eh. But, you know, I was like, okay, guys, just hear me out. You know, we send two outside and we stay home. We we try, we try and stay alive as long as possible and we don't try and get OS. Mm -hmm. And we kind of do the long game on the OS side. And then one of us goes to play to burn Invis, you know, camo. Right. And in, in the meantime, we're already capping home, so it's less stress on us to worry about the other team getting points off the off the bat because we have choices can we dive pit after or can we just cap their home if they're focusing all of their numbers for pit so after a while as i was explaining it uh the grand scheme of it is is you know you 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 play to burn camo and you long play os to offset those times for the next sequence of power-ups so in that grand scheme, that's what we wanted to play for, and they and they were down for it, and we did that exact same thing against Splice on Empire Strongholds, and it worked absolutely perfectly. It was it was beautiful, wow. and we ended up winning the game. It was a hundred to seven, I think it was. It was just an absolute yeah. domination. So I was proud of the guys for that. That was that was one of my proudest moments as far as like a like a coaching perspective. Yeah, that has to be amazing to see to like plan something and then have it executed and go like flawlessly in the end. So that yeah. that's pretty amazing. Uh, but did you say so you left home or did you cap home base? Because you made it sound like you guys were all going to leave the home base and not cap it. Or right? Or did you no, leave? we we had one stay to cap the home base. So that we sent two outside and then one went to burn camo. Yeah, which was yeah. penguin. That was his assignment. Austin, because he, 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 Austin Micklin, he was usually leaving the home base and pushing Turbine from Pit, and he was always getting cut off from their sneak, the enemy sneaky every time. So I was like, hey man, the timing wise on this is once you finish capping home, you do your same route to Turbine, and next thing you know, you have the rest of the splice team in front of you, or any mm -hmm. team. 
because they're already shooting through, you know, sneaky, and uh -huh. thus we're able to, you know, long play for OS because you're obviously baiting everyone that's trying to go for OS at that point. So that's actually what makes it smart know. is specifically that you're long playing OS to give Mickwin time to cap the base and offset the time so that when he comes in, it's the perfect timing to flank the other players who are trying to fight this this offset. This uh, the long hundred percent. 100%. Like meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, the two the two guys that are playing, you know, safely on, you know, our our bend side of the map, they're right. doing their best to stay alive and just extending, 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 playing, milking. Right. And all this time, Camel's burned, OS is still up. And so from a coach mindset, I'm getting ready for the guys mentally to be like, hey, get ready for Camo this next time. It's, you know, right. it's a huge gap. So right. then there creates the whole script because like in the NFL, it's like their first few plays of the of of the match or the game are scripted, you know, so to speak. Mm -hmm. This is that this is that meta. So uh, normally I wouldn't say this on on a show or a stream or anything like that. But since, you know, you know, okay. competitive Halo 5 is over, you know, so to speak, so I can kind of let things out. But, sure. uh, you know, that was that was kind of like a grand scream script play for me. Yeah. No, I like that. That that's actually so cool to even just kind of hear from your brain onto this show here is just like that type of starting strat and how you can offset the entire game based off of that. Like having such a wide gap between camo and OS completely changes the flow of the match and you're ready for the camo the moment that it comes up because you know you burned it. And yeah, so like there's a really cool awareness that that you know comes into play there. And I would like to see that type of mindset applied into starting strats on all the maps and then I'll make it into a YouTube video. But <laughs> <laughs> I already have a long I have a long 18 minute video on Empire Stronghold starting strats. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's literally about I that. Haven't. Like it's okay. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll show it to you after. It's actually really cool. I talk about right. how you split your resources and how you can anyway so you can see what you think. Anyway guys we're getting a little off track here. Uh, I'm glad that we, we <laughs> I love it. That. A little moment though, uh, but so let's talk about today because now present day, present day, Halo Five is uh, is done unfortunately, but we've got plenty more Halo, which is still exciting. And now you're the director of operations at Denial Esports, um, and congrats mm -hmm. on the new role. There's a lot Thank going you. on with Denial recently. There's uh, there's like a change in leadership a bit. I think you've got you've acquired new top teams in Halo and Gears. Like you're doing amazing in Halo and in Gears. I think Absolutely. you're the second place team right now. So tell me a bit about your role, how that came to be, and how things are going at Denial. Yeah, so from from an individual perspective, I have had the privilege of being under multiple organizations and being able to see how they work internally and you know the leadership within those organizations and the opportunities for improvement uh within all of those organizations and uh and I kind of thought about it from my from myself. It's like, what would I ever do if I was in a position um, like this, uh, in a higher position, so to speak, in, a, in an organization? It's just like, man, you know, I value this. I could tell I value this, or you know, having relate these certain relationship dynamics with players and uh, you know, with management and what I would want as core values for for my organization. And so, you know, those things were already turning in my head. You know. Mm -hmm way before this happened and so um eventually i saw you know i was given the opportunity to step in for a new org i didn't know what was going to happen at first like it, it could have been us starting from complete scratch with a new organization and mm -hmm. you know i thought about it from from all the angles and denial esports came up 
And at first I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass on this. <laughs> but yeah. after after the conversations uh, kept going, you know, right. I was like, okay, well, I see the plan of attack here. This this makes sense. And there were a few things that I wanted done or else I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I was going to choose not to you know, partake in it. Yeah, correct. And so, you know, all of those things were being met. Some of the things, you know, you know, as far as like paying old debts, you know, for players and, you know, I didn't want anyone, you know, as far as like, you know, upper management involved from the previous Denali sports and, you know, and I just, you know, those were the things I needed to happen. Um, right. And, you know, we wanted to do right by the players. And that's always something that, you know, we've, we've wanted to keep core, uh, as far as values and so those things those those values were being met and director of operations came you know that role became something that swooped on my desk and i was like i think i might be ready for this it's going to be a learning <laughs> experience but yeah. i think that i'm ready for this and so that opportunity got you know put up, put out there for me and i uh i took it and essentially, you know how it works is, you know, I'm I'm involved with all, all, all of the things within Denali Denali Sports. You know, all the way from yeah. player acquisitions, team acquisitions, uh, apparel, making sure that structure is set up correctly, and um, you know, as best as we can possibly make it, and uh, right. sponsorships, all of those things. So that's that's where we're at, and it's a twenty four seven thing. You got a lot to weigh in on. How many games is Denial currently involved with right now? There's, there's a bunch, right? Oh man, we're in PUBG, Halo, Call of Duty, <laughs> Gears of War. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be at Fortnite soon. Uh, Can't avoid that. Rainbow Six and uh, what am I? What am I leaving out? I think I'm leaving. Oh, Counter Strike. Counter Strike's another one. So yeah, that's all of those games. So it's a lot. Okay. I'm seeing you freeze up a little bit on the connection there. Hopefully that that holds stable. I'm I'm out here praying, but yeah, Hopefully, it looks like yeah, I see it too. Yeah, it's getting getting a little better. But okay, um, so yeah, tons to manage, of course, and that's keeping you super busy. But I'm I'm loving this denial squad and team. Like on top of the unbelievable talent that you have on the roster, I've also been seeing a ton of Blackbeard. I mean, I had the pleasure of talking to him at uh, St. Louis as well. But I love the attitude this guy brings to Halo. Guys, uh, check out this recent tweet as well. Nick, you can throw up this tweet. It's uh, this little video clip I want to talk about uh, for Blackbeard's mindset that he has. It's pretty amazing. That I developed over time. For all you guys listening out there, if I want to give you a little bit of tip, I call it a seven-day mental positivity diet. And for seven days, if you can just go and not say anything negative, only talk positivity, that is going to help adjust you and get you stronger for what's to come. And it's not that you're not going to have negative thoughts. It's not that you're going to want to say something negative. But I off, just stop before you speak. Put something positive in there. You say, you know what? I am going to overcome this. You know what? My car is not going to get repoed. You know what? I'm going to buy a new house. I will step up. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to be number one. And you start talking like that, man. You say, if it is to be, it's up to me. And you just fucking do it. That's what we got to do. I'm ready to put the helmet back on after that. Yeah, right there, baby. Man. Let's go. Forget. No. Let's go. That was awesome. Uh, that was like, that was so 
Well said. The, the thing is, that applies to everything in life. That's literally the Halo grind right there. Like every time that you're you're getting your butt kicked in Halo and you want to be negative about something and you just you feel that thought coming and you just switch it to something positive and try to hold that. Like like he said, seven days. Just try to commit yourself to that seven-day mental positivity. I think that is so so smart that he gave a timeline to really just kind of, you know, see it through and see if that changes you in some way. How's it been working with somebody yeah. like uh, like Blackbeard and, and the team in denial? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, uh, you know, Blackbeard, he's been an absolute unit for us. And, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to, to have ran into him, you know, early on and, and we have him on board with us and it's just been awesome. Uh, the guy is, is a i mean he's a unit he's he's extremely wonderful as a person awesome to be around and he's contagious you know his his attitude is contagious um and you know things like that you know as far as the you know that seven the seven day positivity challenge like that so from a coaching perspective see me i come from a coaching background but that doesn't change the fact that we're all students we're all students of the game no matter what the game is uh, whether it's in you know in a video game or life, we're we're just all students, and so for for someone like Patrick to come along and expose me or anyone to that type of mentality, that is a completely different consciousness uh, mm-hmm. to anyone that hasn't been exposed to that, and it's just that is a way to unlock anyone's potential. So, you know, getting exposed to that, it's just like wow, man, like. I've never looked at anything like that before and there's new possibility possibilities and that gets injected into your vision. And when that happens, that's, that's a recipe for great things, honestly. So, you know, he's Absolutely. been, he's been amazing. Yeah. And uh, Nick, by the way, I see your questions coming in on the Discord here. Guys, remember, you can ask questions for Hoaxer at the end of the show. Keep asking questions, guys. Super, you know, I'd love to to get some of your, you know, creative questions in and see what Hoaxer thinks about these things. So anything you want to talk about, talk about his amazing hair as well at the Big, big uh, Flex 4 FFA. <laughs> or joke questions, serious Crazy. questions uh, as well would be preferred, but uh, a lot that I, I want to hear from you guys to so keep that. And yes, so like you were saying about Blackbeard and, and mindset, exposing players to that mindset. I think that's one of the biggest things that you said that I think is so right, uh, especially when you're working with teams on this denial roster and, and like the Halo team is just, that's such a great motivator to just expose people to so much positivity and changing that mindset. So Absolutely. I think that's so great for competitive play and it's, it's, it's holistic. It applies to your entire life. Like you said, we're students of the game, man. The game could be life. It could be video games, anything you want it to be. So, um, no egos, so, man. No egos. No <laughs> egos. Yeah. Word, dude. Um, so next up on the Halo esports schedule is the Invitational in Austin, and Denial will of course be there. Are you gonna make it by any chance? I know you're super busy. Yeah, it's tough, man. I I want to I want to be there. I want to be everywhere. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just one person. So you know, unfortunately, there are about three different events that we have teams going to that same weekend. So, wow. you know, there's, there's the, the HES Invitational in, in Austin, Texas, but then, you know, three hours away, there is the CWL Fort Worth event for Call of Duty that we're going to have, you know, our pro league team at. And all the way in Qingkong, uh, China, uh, that's the actual city, there's the Counter-Strike wow. event. So I might even be in China. So, you know, I, 
We haven't locked it down yet, but it's it's looking it's looking like I might be in China. Not sure. <laughs> I mean, if you had to choose, <laughs> China's a, a pretty cool change of scenery. Like you know, it would be nice to go to Austin. You're telling China. me. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me, man. Anyway, last year, yeah. yeah, last year was the first out of the country, technically, um, location that I'd been to, which was London right. uh, for that HCS event. Um, and before that, you know, I, I've been to Puerto Rico a few times, but eh, to me, that doesn't really count. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the thought of even going to China is like, you know, whoa, like, what is life? My, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's it's 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 a very, very surreal time right now. But I'm excited, man. I'm I'm, I'm super excited. Damn, I mean, you have good reason to be. And, and I wanted to use that to kind of segue us in here because one player who unfortunately will not be com- competing in Austin is uh, Zerka. And I wanted to to bring this topic back up to you and see what you thought about this. You guys, of course, know that uh, recently Royal 2 came back to talks, which makes sense. Royal 2 has always been a part of that roster, bumping off Eco, and then Eco came onto GMS, bumping off Zerka. So Zerka, who had put in all right. of that time and energy, had earned his spot at the Invitational, can no longer compete now because he's been bumped off the team for eco that's pretty unfortunate what do you think about this situation so i have multiple thoughts perspectives on the the situation so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the on the structure side of it i think that that's very unfortunate that someone that's earned you know their invitational spot uh you know, at the event, I think that that's that's super unfortunate, and you know, it's unfortunate that rules aren't in place for to accommodate certain, you know, something like yeah. that. Um, because a very similar thing is, you know, it, it's it's going on in the Call of Duty world, where you know, teams, players that have made it into the pro league, uh, still they could be switched out for another player through, you know, technicalities and whatnot. So it, it's it's unfortunate that those things are are there. Um, so that's that's one perspective. Now, my second perspective is from the player slash team dynamic, It's it, that was a very logical thing yeah. to do, in my opinion. Uh, so you, you factor in Gabriel, you factor in fantasy, and then you factor in... Uh, goofy these these three players have been playing with each other for an extremely long time and zerka has kind of been thrown in that recipe at some point so from a core standpoint it just made sense that he was kind of on the chopping block um unfortunately that's just me looking at it from a logical standpoint um it just made sense and obviously you have royal two coming in Somebody's right. got to go, you know. That's just right. the way it is. So there's that whole domino effect. It's all logical to me. So at that point, you know, Bradley APG he stays, and Eco, obviously, is going to go to the next best thing, which is it's either yeah. going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be status quo or GMS. GMS made sense, and that's what's mm-hmm. that's what's happening here. So if I'm Zerka, yeah. obviously, I'm going to be emotionally compromised, and you know feel some type of way about it, which is understandable. You, you know, you worked hard for it. You put all this time into Halo 3. You put yeah. a ton of time into it. So it's, you know, I get it, man. It sucks. It really does. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And Eco's, Eco's in that spot and he's not. And I think that it's just super unfortunate that it's not top eight, you know, from yeah. 
UGC St. Louis that make it to the Invitational. You know, that I think that's the, one of the biggest things. So, right. you know, that that's my thoughts in a nutshell. Rules do need to be in place in some way. It's unfortunate there was no sort of like roster lock or something that can limit this from happening. Like I, I yeah, from a business standpoint, it makes complete sense. Like Royal Two coming in, Eco, like he he has so much experience on Splice as a dominant player. Like he's he's built up that recognition to the point where it makes sense that he would be a great asset on GMS. So that's the the main thing going against Zerka. And the only thing that I can think of from Zerka's perspective, which is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel here, is apparently this is Zerka's first official halo event and he got top six and into the invitational so amazing work i mean he deserved the spot he earned it but it's his first event and he's very new to the scene so technically he could see that as just this is is an opportunity for him to keep grinding and have an amazing career in halo because if your first event you do this well then just keep that grind up man you're going to be right back here in a year's time like just you got to have that mindset i guess and try to apply it that way because, yeah, from the business side of things, it's unfortunate. It makes sense. I wish that there were rules in place that could limit this from happening. And that, like, I don't know, is he still going? I'm not sure. This is where my there's a gap in my knowledge here. But maybe he's still invited to go, but he can't. Like, I'm not really sure how that's going. I'm not um, too sure can, what's, what's going on. Yeah, all you can really do is, I guess, kind of take the L and know that this is your first event. And you got a ways to go in your career in Halo. And you're going to up this in a year's time, man. Like, just, you know. Yeah, keep on no, absolutely. Run. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I would say with, with Zerka, man, I would, I would tell him to stay hungry. Like this is his, this is your right. first event. Exactly. You know, you, you've got a great placement, um, but you got to keep going. You got to keep proving things, not necessarily to everyone else, but you got to prove more to yourself um, that, you know, you're here to stay um, if this yeah. is what you really want. So, and you know, that's, a, that's, <laughs> I love Gabriel. Uh, that's, that's one of my that's one of my favorite favorite people in the community um, since I've teamed with him, and uh, but I also know, I also know that Gabriel he's a shot caller. He's he's uh, he's one of those team imagine. captain type of personalities. So you know when you when you team with a Gabriel, you have to understand that there are certain elements that you may have to deal with, uh, and one of them is being you may not have all the control. Uh, yeah. as far as w- with team endeavors. And so, you know, all you can do is just play the best you can possibly play. And, you know, if you play the best that you possibly can, then, you know, that's all you can really ask for at the end of the day. So, you know, going forward, I, you know, I just tell, you know, you Zerka, it's, you know, just stay hungry, man. Uh, the consistency yeah. will show and, you know, the work ethic, well, you'll not be denied. Yeah. Like I say. Yeah. And uh, Gabriel, I mean, I had him on the show last time, and he does give me that vibe where he's kind of like a shark. Like, he will do whatever it takes to get first place. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, keep, up, keep up the good right. gameplay, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. He, right. he won't. If he sees an opportunity, he's going to snatch it. So, um, oh, yeah. so before sure. we uh, we jump into our, our chat questions, we've got a couple questions. Uh, after this, I just wanted to pick your brain on, on what you think about Halo from – because I know that, you know, outside of the competitive life, you're still on that Halo grind here and there. I was looking at my friends list the other day, and I actually saw Hoax Factor playing some Halo 5 Guardians just, like, literally yesterday. So nice to see that you're still playing some Halo. How do you feel about Halo 5 yeah. nowadays and, and the switch over to Halo 3 as the main competitive title? Are you kind of playing both of them? What do you feel about uh, about these titles right now? Yeah, so how I feel about Halo Five in general, I feel like the just you know just to talk about that game really quick. Uh, I I loved yeah. Halo. I love Halo Five. Um, it's a great it's a great game. 
uh, it's unfortunate that it couldn't receive the the love and care that it needed to sustain itself in a competitive right. perspective. You know, as far as like you know, patching, you know, fixing the glitches and you know, melees that don't register ghost melees and right. all of those things. It, if it had those things and you know, maybe one or two competitive maps that could stick. It, it's you know, it's a great game. I mean, it's at its core, it's a great game. And uh, yeah. you know, I I enjoyed I enjoy playing the game. I play the game solo queue. You know, I was playing it consistently solo queue. Um, and even with that, I still had fun. You know, with the game. And obviously, you know, I might be an outlier with the mindset that I have. Uh, right. You know, with with having to go through all that stuff. But you know, I, I love uh, you know, I love Halo Five for what it is. And you know, going back to Halo 3, you know, I'm biased to Halo 3. I love I love Halo 3. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm better at Halo 3 than I ever was right now. Um, nice. So there's a part of me that, you know, wants to compete, but, you know, there's, you know, got to move on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time. I think that, you know, when it comes to the grander scheme of things, I think that it... it, it it behooves anyone to still have that Halo Five mentality, as far as uh, com like competition and understanding of how to play, you know, competitively. Okay. So, um, so then between the two titles, as you love them both, where do you, where would you want things to go? Like, because I, of course, one of the biggest things, like as far as the arguments that we're having, is advanced movement abilities versus the classic style. Like, where do you think things should go with Infinite? based off of all the, the discussions and, and experience that you have with the game. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you might not you might not like the answer I'm gonna give you, but nah. or anyone. Okay People might not <laughs> like what I what I have to say, but honestly, I don't know. I I, I will just keep oh, it real with you. No. Honestly, I do <laughs> not know. Um be, just it's tough just because you know yeah, you know, I see you know I see Halo three, you know, it's a classic movement style. But I don't yeah. know if that's the direction that you know the new Halo should go in. Um, all all of the roads lead to it being a new movement, you know, a new uh, something to yeah. just to, you know to quote unquote keep up with the times. Um, and then hopefully at some point it's 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 balanced. It needs whatever it is. It has to be balanced. Um, so yeah, I mean to answer your question, I, honestly I don't know. It, and it's frustrating for me because I, man I. I don't envy the guys over at you know the 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 guys and gals over there at three four three, you know, to tackle this thing. Um, but man, I, it's uh, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle because Halo has been through the ringers uh, on all ends. You know, with you know the competitive you know players, the dev side, and it's just whew, man. I think I think other devs are looking at three four three, and it's just like man, like it's it's tough. It's really yeah. tough. Yeah. I think, yeah, now more than so ever, there's, uh, there are good points on the side of advanced movement nowadays, and there are great points on the side of classic as well, of course, because we know the Halo 3 formula works. Um, so I think it's just probably hybridizing the two in a way that feels modern, but right. retains right. the elements of Halo that we we want to see from Halo, right? So trying to find a way to, to innovate and, I guess, in some way taper it back if like, yeah, because you, you don't want to go too far from the formula that people recognize. And I, I think the classic art style is, style is a kind of hint to that, that they're trying to make it sure. visually like 
moment that you look at the game, you know it's Halo. So we'll see what they do as far as the competitive mechanics. Uh, and yeah, that's that's I think difficult at this right. point. Yeah, they've gone right. so yeah. far and, I, I, and they built a community with it. So where do they find that hybrid? That that place? Yeah, where and, and, and you know, I look at I look at things like um, you know, you talk about the classic art style. Right. Um, and then you and you look at the most recent announcement that Halo's made with Halo Outpost. Uh, obviously, that doesn't have anything to do with. Well, you do play games, at, you know, at the the Halo Outpost. Sure. But it's like yeah. you look at that, and from my perspective, I'm like, okay, this is something very different than what Halo's done in the past. This is an opportunity right. for fans of all ages, all demographics, to to be included on. So, right. you know, putting something like this in early on, I, I see it as a way of the one step, one step to the grand scheme of maybe their marketing or their, uh, um, right. their, their way of bringing people in to, you know, the next game and for them yeah. to develop some sort of connection to the game and interest. So it's a hybrid. I mean, it, it from what you said, it, you know, quite it makes correctly, sense. I feel like. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a hybrid <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. It seems like we'll see what yeah. they do. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that they're they're doing a lot of initiatives to expand the whole universe, the franchise of Halo. There's so much more than, than just the competitive scene, and kind of you know bringing that to the forefront of people's minds. Just remembering Halo, what it is as a you know as as an overall franchise, I think is is really important. Right. So hopefully. Hopefully that that works out well from their marketing side of things, and we can see an amazing Halo. I think this is like now more than ever is the time to put Halo back on the map. So really, really excited, guys, to see what they do with that. Um, and as far as the end of the show here, we just got a couple questions from the chat. Remember, guys, you can ask Hoaxer any questions if you guys happen to have any questions in the chat. I've got a couple here. Uh, the first one is your top five Halo pros. Do you have top five Halo pros? Oh, man. Is that a tough one? <laughs> ah, let's see here. So in Halo 3, it was Walshy. Walshy is definitely one of them. Top trash Dave Walsh. Uh, I think it was because of his his ability of playing objective. Because that's something, as far as my play style, I value a lot of uh, uh, objective. So, right. you know, I, 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 would, I love seeing him, you know, on pit flag, pit CTF, you know, pulling a flag when nobody's dead on the other team and successfully, you know, capping it. Like those type of things are, you know, awesome to me. I hold I hold a lot of value with that, and you know, I try and right. implement that in my own game. How how can you how can you cap a flag without killing anybody, or you know, right. on the initial pull? So like you know, that's awesome to me. And you know, while she's definitely one, um, woo man, that's tough. Uh, number two, that's what you're going for. Yeah, so. exactly. You know, um, yeah. Ola Ola's number two. I'd have to put. I'd have to put just a number two. Wait, is, is it number one's like the top of all? Because you're saying, I guess, Halo 3 specifically. So, um, Well, I guess in no it's particular order. It's just a, I guess it's okay, just, you okay. know, just to just fill in slots, slots, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Um, you know, Pistola. Uh, man, number three. I guess, you know, I put my brother because, you know, he, you know, he had, he, hey. without him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have, I don't know where I'd be. I don't even know if I'd be in esports, you know, without Damn. without him. So you know, I definitely got to put you know alumni, got to put my, uh, alumni in in the mix. You know, as you know, top five pros. Uh, I guess you know I got two more spots, so woo, I got to put 
bonfire from Exit Wounds up there. Okay. Uh, I totally wow. I enjoyed, you know, watching him in Halo Two. And... Not going for the big guns. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, it's my personal, it's, you know, it's my personal yeah, preference and like my, my personal experiences, you know, with these guys and uh, Bonfire, you know, I got, a, I got the pleasure of, you know, playing with him and watching him compete, you know, with my brother and, you know, right. he had one of the nastiest no scopes in Halo 3 I've ever seen. It was at any point of the map, he just was taking damage and he would just be able to get a headshot for a shot every time. And it was just the strangest wow. thing to me. Um, so I guess the num I guess the last spot, man, that's tough. God, because I'm naming all the classics, and you know, Going we, down we, history, I've been can't take it back. yeah, <laughs> tough man. Ah, uh, I guess I guess I'd have to put. Man, that's a tough one. I don't know. Maybe I have to tweet it out later. I have to tweet it out later, <laughs> man. That's uh, that's tough. I gotta put I gotta put all some right. thought into that one. Yeah, no worries. We're we're putting oh, you on the spot here. This is now. top five Halo pros. Yeah, we got we got four out of the way, but I I can't even answer that question. I'm so like I I've been asked to do that in a video, and I don't even want to put the video together because there's too much riding on it. Like, what if I say something and then I'm it's somebody's tough. gonna argue against me, and then I'm gonna agree with the person's argument too? It's like <laughs> anyway, uh, <and> then, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true, right? Because like you'll be like, what? But what about this right. player? He's amazing. I'm like, dude, you're totally right. Like you know, but it's a top five. I'm screwed. Uh, so yeah, right. the only the other question I have here is uh, the most underrated roster of all time. <clears throat> that might be a tough wow. one. Wow, of all most time, underrated like, roster. God, uh, man. What's I, up? Maybe we can go recent, been. recently, maybe something in the last. Yeah, few, recent. Maybe. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's fair. Man, I just I would have to pick um, the elevate team. From the first Worlds event, um, no, no, I forget which event they were. At. It was, uh, it was Calm Mentality, Penguin, Rain, and Swift Kill. That was Back probably in, one of the most. Uh, it was, I think it was sixteen. Yeah, I want to, I want to say they ended up getting third. They ended up getting third, but on paper, that was one of the most underrated teams to ever assemble and place that well on the, you know, one of the biggest stages ever. Um, just competent, you know, compositional, you know, wise that team, you just look at it. It's like, man, who knows? Like, I, I don't, I don't see them placing top three, but it's like, they did it. And now, now that I'm talking about it, it made sense because, you know, I've coached under, you know, guys like rain and uh, penguin, you know, especially right. penguin, you know, he values, He's got some great values when it comes to approaching the game and his mindset and, you know, his con his conceptual mindset when it comes to playing any game type. It's, it's, he's, he's just an awesome player. So, you know, you, you factor in all that and their great communication as players. It's just, it ties, it ties in and it makes sense. But I would just, I would say that's one of the most underrated teams of all time. Yeah, that that's a good point too. It's interesting to go back to the very beginning of Halo Five and see some of the roster compositions, and you'll see some of the best players in the world in some rosters with a, like a bunch of unknown players, and they just somehow made their way through those rosters to the top of the game by like the next three years' time. So yeah. pretty unbelievable. And that's that was a good choice right there. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have come up with that one. Um, but overall, I think that that really covers everything I wanted to chat about today, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have uh, like where can we find you on social media? Any kind of shout outs or anything? Yeah, so uh, social media on Twitter, uh, it's it, the handle's right there 
um on the graphic eight uh at hoaxer tv don't forget the tv at the end uh maybe i can get the you know the original hoaxer it's definitely there for grabs you know we'll see about it but yeah uh at hoaxer tv it's on twitter um yeah i mean that's that's where i'm at um i have you know what i got a new pc I've got all the equipment. I just haven't set it up, but you know, I've been streaming like very sporadically. But I definitely want to if I can find the time to, you know, get into it. Because you know, I still play Halo Three. You know, I'm obviously playing. I, you know, you'll catch me in solo queue. You know, every now and then. So I definitely want to stream. And if I do, you know, Twitch name, you know, Hoaxer, just straight up Hoaxer, H O A X E R. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one's easy. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Always a pleasure to chat Halo with you. And then good luck with with Denial. You got so much to look forward to. Excited to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't mind, you know, I wanted to give a, you know, a few shout outs, um, Do that. you know, as far as, you know, on, on the Denial Esports end, you know, I want to give a shout out to, you know, to Zach. He's, you know, the owner of Denial Esports. Uh, I've been, I've been working with him for a long time. Um, I know he gets a lot of flack and, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, the things that, you know, happen, but he is an awesome guy and it's been a pleasure working with him. Patrick, our CEO, we're blessed to have him on board with us and all of our guys and gals under uh, Denial Esports. It's, it's an awesome time for us. So and shout out to my family, you know, my brother, I'm pretty sure he's going to watch this eventually, you know, gassing him up a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, and all my friend, my family, friends and, and whatnot. And I appreciate everybody uh, who supports me uh, out there, wherever you are. So, you know, shout out to every, everyone and shout out to you, Alex, for having me on board uh, on the show. You, appreciate man. it. Awesome shout out. All right, guys. And that closes our show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I do have to make sure I show our HCS Weekly merch. Nick, if you happen to have it, I forgot to tell you about it, but throw it out. There you go. There's the HCS Weekly merch, guys. Remember, anything that you purchase here not only supports the show, but supports me as well. And I would absolutely love that. And that wraps up our show for today hoaxer on the show today an awesome interview with him remember the vods will be going up live on youtube very soon guys you can watch the full thing on youtube remember to like comment hit that sub button on ugc's youtube channel and of course you can listen to the audio as well we have podcast versions of these episodes both through apple podcast and google play just go to hcsweekly.com and you can experience the audio versions on the go which is a great thing to do as well so thank you so much guys for enjoying the show once again we'll be back on tuesday so less than a week's time got some awesome guests as usual i'll see you then